0: Welcome back to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington, and we're joined by Rick Lubbers of the Duluth News Tribune. Hello, Rick. Hi, Robin. And Shalon Monroe, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Hello, Shalon. Hello, Robin. So, Rick, there's a bill in the Minnesota State House for the closing days of the session that might change a few school mascots, including in our area.
1: Yes, it would. Uh, part of a bill nearing the legislative finish line in the Capitol. Uh, would prompt the Northland School District to change its mascot or at least ask American Indian leaders across Minnesota to approve it. A K through 12 education finance and policy bill that was agreed upon Saturday and formalized Monday by committee of state senators and representatives includes a ban on American Indian mascots that would take effect September 1, 2025. It could ultimately mean a new name at a handful of school districts including Esco Public Schools in Carleton County where students have played under the Eskimos nickname for decades. The Eskimo district's nickname is a local twist on Eskimo, which is a term that is considered offensive by Alaska native people to whom it refers. EsCO school and sports teams have traditionally used an Igloo logo, but the district has moved away from the logo in recent years. Now the bill would prohibit school districts from using a name, symbol or image that, that depicts or refers to an American Indian tribe person, custom, or tradition as the district's mascot, nickname, logo, letterhead, or team name. Uh, That prohibition wouldn't apply to schools located on reservations, however, where at least 95 percent of students are American Indian. Schools that don't fit the bill, though, such as ESCAL, could ask Minnesota's 11 Tribal Nations and the Tribal Nations Education Committee for an exemption. Um, If any of those bodies deny the request, however, the exemption would be denied and the school would still need to remove its mascot by the September 2025 deadline. In ESCO, there's been a push to change the district's mascot since 2020, when students there made an online petition to change the Eskimo's name and eagle logo. ESCO School Board Chair Jerry Frederick said last week that he's planning a meeting with other district leaders to consider their options after the school year ends. Uh, that includes sorting out how much it might cost to replace the logo on district equipment and buildings as the district gets a handle on its budget for the 2023-24 20, school year. Frederick estimated that the cost of replacing the name and other imagery would be substantial. Uh, they're displayed on the football field, in the school's entryway, and on team uniforms.
0: All right. Well, last year we reported on the new sheriffs in the region on both sides of the bay. The sheriff in St. Louis County is making a few staff changes.
1: Yes. Uh, once a sought-after agency, uh, the St. Louis County Sheriff's Law Enforcement Division is now finding itself struggling to hire and retain enough qualified candidates to fill critical public safety positions. Concerns shared across the profession as agencies face dwindling recruitment numbers and a wave of retirements. For instance, during a 2016 hiring cycle, St. Louis County Sheriff's Department produced 78 applicants. By comparison, a hiring cycle last year resulted in just three candidates being hired from a pool of 20 and the most recent posting this spring netted only six applications. So it's emerged as a top challenge for new administration led by Sheriff Gordon Ramsey, who hopes to bring in a fresh perspective as the agency's first new leader in 20 years. The Sheriff's Law Enforcement Division has seven vacancies out of 112 authorized positions as of earlier this month. That may not seem like a major shortage, but uh, union officials warned of a potential looming crisis if hiring trends are not reversed. Uh, Typically, the agency has looked to not only fill existing vacancies in its annual application process, but also hire for openings are expected based on upcoming departures. A large number of deputies were hired in the 1990s and are now hitting retirement age, and there could be easily another half dozen openings by the end of this year. Officials say the 2020 murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis and a tide of negativity have impacted the profession. Uh, law enforcement training programs, including those at community colleges in Coquay and Hibbing, saw enrollment numbers nosedive overnight, and even some veteran officers began looking at other career options. Now, the result is that agencies have been forced to get increasingly competitive with wages and benefits in hopes of attracting candidates from an increasingly shallow pool. And the reality, Ramsey said, is that it's impossible to compete with more lucrative jobs particularly those in the Twin Cities. Staffing challenges are highly unique to St. Louis County, though. Uh, the Duluth Police Department, for example, has consistently been operating 20 to 30 officers short. Since taking office, Ramsey said he's also met with the union representing the jail and 911 employees and undertaken efforts to bolster staffing levels in those divisions. While 16 correction officers have been hired in the past year, nine out of 53 positions still remain open as of May 1. Uh, meanwhile, at the 911 Dispatch Center, a strong hiring campaign over the winter dr- drastically improved the stability of that division. Vacancies remain for only about three full time
0: positions. All right. And we should point out that Sheriff Gordon Ramsay, by the way, is not to be confused with the Gordon Ramsay of culinary fame, although the two have met each other. But speaking of <laughs> celebrities, it's probably a good idea not to steal their shoes.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, Federal prosecutors have charged a man with stealing a pair of Judy Garland's famed ruby slippers from a Grand Rapids museum nearly 18 years ago. A grand jury on Tuesday indicted 76-year-old Terry John Martin of rural Grand Rapids in the 2005 heist of the iconic artifacts from the Judy Garland Museum, according to a statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office in North Dakota. Martin is charged with one count of theft of major artwork. Uh, No further details were released on the circumstances that led to Martin's indictment or whether authorities are still pursuing other suspects. Uh, The slippers were notoriously taken while on loan to Garland's Birthplace Museum in August 2005. They were recovered by the FBI and the Grand Rapids Police Department in Minneapolis in July 2018, but the investigation at the time was said to be ongoing and authorities have remained tight-lipped. Uh, the slippers are one of only four surviving pairs worn by Garland in the Wizard of Oz. Uh, they were insured at the time for about $1 million, uh, but federal agents said they currently are appraised at more than $3.5 million. Uh, the brazen theft continued to captivate Garland's hometown, the state, and the arts community for 13 years. Uh, the police department received tips from around the world. A dive team even searched the mine pit in 2015. <laughs> An anonymous fan offered a million-dollar reward for information leading to the Slippers' recovery. And while the Grand Rapids Police Department uh, long tinkered with the investigation, the FBI said it became involved in 2017 when an extortion attempt was made against the insurance company that now owns the Slippers. The agency's division and art crime team executed search warrants in both Minnesota and Florida and recovered the Slippers in a sting operation in Minneapolis in July 2018. While filed in Minnesota, the case was assigned in 2018 to federal prosecutors in North Dakota, but authorities have not elaborated on why it was transferred to the neighboring jurisdiction. It was not immediately clear when Martin would make a court appearance or if he had an attorney. A check of court records shows one felony conviction for receiving stolen goods in the 1980s, but otherwise Martin does not appear to have a significant
0: criminal history. All right. Well, at least we can be thankful that nobody threw the slippers away. But, Shalon, on the Wisconsin side, that could be a problem at the Superior Landfill, which may be reaching its fill.
2: Yes, Robin, that is correct. So the Wisconsin Point Landfill started in the mid-'70s and was replaced by Superior Landfill, also known as Moccasin-Mike Landfill. Now, the landfill, although located in Wisconsin, Ways from pretty much all of northeast Minnesota ends up at the location. The landfill was built in five different phases, and 40 years later, the landfill was expected to go through 2026, and they're starting to reach capacity, and once that happens, it'll be closed for good. Now, there are two options proposed for a new landfill, one in Itasca County, they proposed a $20 million project to construct a landfill in the city of Kewiiton. And in St. Louis County, they have proposed another $20 million project for a new landfill with the site and Kenyon being the location of interest. The Minnesota House is expected to decide on both bills before the current legislation session ends on May the 22nd. But if approved, the project will take time. So a lot of time, but you got to have somewhere for
0: all this trash to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, we're glad there's no slippers in it. <clears throat> We've been joined by Shalon Monroe, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Thank you, Shalon. Thank you so much, Robert. And Rick Lubbers, executive editor of the Duluth News Tribune. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Robin. You can stay updated on these stories and all the regional news anytime at WPR.org, DuluthNewsTribune.com, and WDIO.com. And that's it for this edition of Simply Superior. We leave you with more of the music of The Scarlet Goodbye. I'm Robin Washington. Stay safe, everyone.